Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, Prano. Hello, Andy Ruther. I missed you, man. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. I don't know the last time I was on the couch here. When's the last time I was on the couch? My life is a blur. I was just thinking, I don't know the last time I saw Ruther. And, uh, it was only a week ago. I, yeah. And then I was like, oh, yeah. I saw him after Tahoe, before I went to Montreal. We hung out in San Francisco for like a week, which I had actually forgotten about entirely. I forgot about San Francisco entirely. We, we had five straight nights together. Yep. You forgot about all of it. Yeah, but now it's all, it's all coming back to me. Now I remember it. We had a, we had a blast. We had a great time. San Francisco. Lovely time. Great when was the last time I was on this couch, though? Let's go. Over three weeks ago? No, I think... When did you leave? You left for Tahoe on a Tuesday. Yeah. I believe it was either that Sunday or Monday before Tahoe. Right. So right around like three weeks ago. So it was that long ago. Yeah, right? Because I had a whole week in Tahoe, a week in San Francisco, and a week in Montreal. A world traveler, Joe Prano. Yeah. Do you speak French now? We. Oui. <laughs> You want to hear? Oui. You want to hear something, dude? I'm so stupid when it comes to geography. Last night, I look up where Montreal is. I had no clue. You didn't know where it was. I was like, "Oh, it's middle of Canada." I had no clue that it's basically north of Vermont. Yeah, north of Vermont, north of Vermont and New York. Like, yeah, yeah. I had no clue that your flight. Just a long cross-country flight. Yeah, exactly. Basically the same as flying back from New York, uh, give or take. Yeah. Like the the comics who flew up from New York, it's like a 45-minute flight from New York City. Um, it's just north of like where Lake Placid is and all the Adirondack, New York, Vermont areas. I had no clue. Yeah. No Wait. clue. So basically Canada, you have Montreal, which isn't crazy far from Toronto. No, I think it's like five hours driving. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Toronto's like north of uh, like those Midwest cities, like Detroit and uh, all that shit. Like if you go like up that way, Rochester, you know. And then you have Vancouver on the other side of the the country. I'm basically saying. Yeah, Vancouver's north of like Seattle. I I mean, no no disrespect to our. Canada sweeps out kind of wider than the U.S. That's what I'm saying. No disrespect to our Canadian listeners, but I'm basically saying you got three cities. And two aren't that far from each other, and one is on the other side of the country. And Calgary's in there somewhere. Yeah, but like Calgary, Ottawa, Quebec City, Halifax. You I, know. I'm just saying. Sure. So, you know, there's only like 30 million people in Canada. Well, that's you know the thing is is like basically, if you go along the border, the the northern border of the United States, a lot of their cities are right there. You know. Uh, like like I said, Vancouver's right above Seattle. You know, Detroit's right above like that fucking Great Lakes region. Yeah, 
Montreal's right above New York. Um, north of that, obviously our country is south, all south of that. Their country's all north of that. North of that's cold as fuck. There's nothing up there. So they put it all as close as they could to like a regular part of the world and not the Arctic. Yeah. How was it though? It was amazing. It really was. It was an incredible experience. Obviously, I've never done uh, the Montreal Comedy Festival before. I've been to Montreal one other time, but it was in the winter. Uh, Being in Montreal in the summer was cool. Uh, Beautiful city. It's truly like going to a different. It's it's like going to Europe. You're in France, essentially. You know, everybody speaks French. All the street signs are in French. Uh, You're in France. The the architecture is very French. Less, you know stone roads and shit like that um so montreal was great and then the festival is just like it's just crazy i mean every day that i was there a bit of groundhog's day but with just like different comedians like every day i'd get up i'd chill i'd hang around uh the main hotel where like the festival is based which is not the hotel i was staying at but the double tree uh is where the whole thing is based there's panels you know, uh, watching, I watch like comedy club bookers talking about like why they book the comedians they do or don't. Um, I went to the glow panel, you know, saw all the Mark Marin and all the wrestling girls, but just like all day there's panels, there's shit going on at the bar. Um, and like, that's kind of like the festival, you know, the, the comedy pro festival portion of it. And then at night you start doing shows. Like, uh, I had, I had a show every night. Wednesday through Saturday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then just went and saw shows, went and saw Roast Battle, went and saw uh, the 420 show, went and saw like just a million shows. So I would either, I would do a show and then I'd go see a show or I'd see a show and I'd do a show. I saw the new faces unwrapped, which had a couple people in it that, uh, that I knew. Uh, Craig Conant was in it. Who's on, you know, I did Eddie's show with a bunch of times. Um, so it was awesome. Yeah, it was just it was just a really really fun experience seeing tons of new comics I hadn't seen before and then obviously like a million famous great comics are there as well. You know, Jeffrey Ross is obviously there doing Roast Battle. Pete Holmes hosted New Faces. Um Blake Griffin was there doing a show. Uh I mean Rappaport who I did a show with and went to I saw the Rappaport podcast one night. It was awesome. It's just like if you're a comedy fan and especially like a lot of people who listen to the podcast are like the the, the comedy nerd types, they listen to comedians talking comedy. It's the best thing you can do. Just get a pass and go to all of these shows. You just look at a schedule and you're like, Do I want to do this or do I want to do this? Like you're actually deciding between like great comedy shows on any given Yeah. Night. And it was it was just nuts. There's nothing like it. Really, there isn't in comedy. I've I've been to a ton of comedy festivals as a performer, and this is like the next level. It's basically everybody every Is this like the can version yeah. uh for the comedians? Yeah, I, I tried to describe it to a friend of mine and I said, This is Jazz Fest. This is the Jazz Fest of comedy. Yeah. Like like you know, can or Sundance or whatever, obviously, you know, on any given year, uh, this person has a movie in or that person has a movie in or whatever. But like Jazz Fest, every year they're booking six huge musicians. Yeah. And then a bunch of other musicians just scattered around New Orleans. It it really feels like that where 
there's the big shows that you want to get into and maybe you can or maybe you can't but like around that there's just all these other shows that are just incredible and are it's it's sort of the next wave of people like around these huge shows are all these people doing shows that are eventually going to be those big people yeah and it's just like wild to see and the parties comedy central party uh netflix had a party free booze free food you know it was non-stop every night true tv had bagel sandwiches in the lobby just like for late night eating i ate so many bagel sandwiches i kept walking back and the girls were like hello hello again hello bonjour i was like bonjour i'm gonna try the smoked meat this time (laughs) (laughs) what's what's cool too is other cities have tried this no one's ever come close to what montreal's been able to do and also like you're saying the level of comedians every year. Like, I lived in Vegas. They they tried, and they did it for a couple of years. Yeah. They did the, the comedy festival there, and they had banging names. Yeah. I saw a lot of great names. Chicago did it for a minute. But those things phase out. They do it for a couple of years. Montreal's been steady. I think, am I right on this? You probably know. You. It's close to 40 years. Yeah, I was going like to say. 37 years or something like that. Early 80s, right? And, and honestly, one of the highlights, seeing Andy Kindler does a state of the industry where he just does a, he basically roasts the comedy industry, and oh my god, it was one. Of I the saw best, your tweet about one of the best things. That, that was, that was carpool my, karaoke. That was my favorite line of the whole thing. They should do car, carpool karaoke in a garage with the door closed, and uh, that's a great. That's a great line. He also had another one. Uh, he goes, <laughs> my other, my second. I was, I was trying to decide like of the two lines that just like he had. By the way, he had a million. He killed like. All shows and and comics and producers and whatever, but uh, and I think he he tweeted that uh, the audio of it will come out today, which I highly recommend you listen to. I think it might I think he might have tweeted that it'll be released on Intero Bang, which is a comedy blog. But my other favorite one, spoiler, if you're gonna listen to it, was uh, he was started talking about Mindy Kaling, and he said, uh, "I don't know what it is about Mindy Kaling that I don't like, but I think it's her whole career." <laughs> <laughs> it's very Norm Macdonald esque. Yeah, yeah, that line. Yeah. Did you see Norm? Was Norm up there? Norm was not up there. Ah. Oh. I did post on a. Uh, I saw that on a story that uh, I was in. I was in the last show I did was at a place called the Comedy Nest, and um, it's I guess one of Montreal's comedy clubs, like yeah. full time comedy clubs, and in their green room they had a um, framed like poster. In a black and white poster was basically just text that was their very first year open. Uh, it was their kind of their wall of fame. Basically, the people that came through in the first year that were made the club what it was, and it was like these comics, and then these comics from Toronto, and then these things. And like you read it, so I think it was like 83, 84, or something like that. Most of the names are people you've never heard of. On that name, though, on that list, Norm MacDonald. And I was like, all right, Norm MacDonald was here performing in this room. When it was just opening, like to me, that's cool. That's kind of shit, you know. Obviously, yeah. I've done the improv, and I've done Irvine, and I've done a million rooms. I'm sure Norm has Gotham. Like, I'm sure Norm McDonald and I have shared a lot of stages. But to be at a place that he basically opened and that he was doing when he was in his 20s, you know, um, everybody knows I'm, Norm's on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's great, man. So you go from Montreal. Best comedians in the world, and here you are now, next to me as I'm shoeless and sockless on a couch. Yeah, 
in your Bill Walton tie-dye shirt and shorts. I love it, dude. I'm actually excited to be back. It's been a while since I've been in L.A. It's been a while since I've been in Venice. And it's been a while since I've been talking sports. Or honestly, even like here's how crazy the festival is. Like I'm doing so much that I'm seeing things like Strom into the Mets or Golden Tate suspended for four games or the Mets are going to trade Syndergaard. And I'm like, I want to care, but I, I like literally can't care right yeah. now. Yeah. Like I was like, I just – I can't even start the thought process of being like, oh, we're going to trade Syndergaard. I think I put up one tweet about us trading Syndergaard, and then I like went back to my life. Well, that's what we have this for, Joe. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's start off with the Stroman news. Obviously, that's the lead from yesterday. No one saw this coming. Everybody thought he was going to the other New York team. Right. Now, I, like, I've, I read a fair amount of articles on it. It sounds like, is this a move for 2020? So. Because do the Mets really think that they can contend this year? If they do, I think they're dumb. Yeah. Because uh, the Mets are, I think, six games out of the second wild card spot right now. So at the end of July, six games out. That's by no means out of it. Sure. In any given year. There, are, I'm sure there are teams that have been six games out and made it. The problem with the Mets being where they are is the entire National League is a logjam. Yeah. So the Mets are six games out, but they're also like the third worst team in the National League. Like I think the only teams worse than the Mets right now are the Florida Marlins. And, like, I don't even know who else. Like, the Florida Marlins and... It's probably the Reds. Your Reds? Are they the only two teams behind the Mets in the wild card standing? All right, I'm pulling up right now. So, the Mets are six back in the wild card. The Padres and Reds are seven. Rockies are seven and a half. Pirates are ten. Marlins are 15. Right. Um, so, yeah, the Mets... They have a lot of teams in front of them. Yeah. You have to play six games better than six teams or eight teams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what makes me think the Mets don't really have a shot this year. Now, I like the Stroman trade. I do too. Moving forward. Moving forward. Keep him. I just don't understand it. I understand that they're – making a trade and they want him and that they want to get better and they thought they were going to contend this year. So why not get pieces that can help them contend next year and whatever. But there's all this talk of them trading Syndergaard. Yeah, that's... A, and that to me is Don't like, do that if you're contending, if you're trying to contend next right, year. Right, You have to keep Syndergaard. Yes. So for some reason... There was talk that originally the talk was, and maybe it was just sources being misunderstood or whatever, but the original talk was Syndergaard to the Padres, somebody to the Blue Jays, Stroman to the Mets. The Mets were going to get prospects and Stroman. And I'm just, I mean, I tweeted the one sports tweet I've done in the last couple of weeks is Noah Syndergaard is 26 years old. He has 700 big league strikeouts. He has a victory in the World Series. Jacob deGrom came up a month before his 26th birthday. So 
when you're talking about prospects, Noah Syndergaard is the same age as the guy who just won the Cy Young was when he came into baseball. And correct me if I'm wrong, don't they have Syndergaard for two more years under contract? Yeah, under their control, so they'll be able to do arbitration with him and blah, blah, blah. Which the other thing is that I don't understand. People are all like, well, you know, they'll have to pay him an arbitration. He's having his worst year. Maybe he's – if you're getting ready to arbitrate with a guy, you, him having a bad year – you don't want him to have a bad year, but it helps you. Yeah. Helps you in arbitration that he's a middle-of-the-road pitcher. So, well, that, exactly. To me, to me, I love uh, – Steven Matz came out and pitched a great game the other day. Had a 99-pitch complete game shutout. Um, we saw no Syndergaard pitch great in San Francisco. Yeah. So, if you're, if you're looking at DeGrom – Syndergaard, Stroman, Matz going forward, and you want to move Zach Wheeler, if, if that's the guy you want to trade, okay, fine. Get some prospects back for Zach Wheeler. But I don't understand adding Stroman and letting go of Syndergaard. Yeah, I don't get it either. They have to keep – if they really want to compete in 2020, they have to keep Syndergaard. Because you have some good young bats. Pete Alonso is going to hit 50 home runs. Jeff McNeil is leading all of baseball in hitting. That's what I'm saying. Like – yeah, Conforto's getting hot. I understand also that. Like, so you you have the pieces there. If if they trade Syndergaard, it just makes no sense. No. No, because that's going to be a tough division for a few years. Yeah, and of course Todd Frazier is unmovable. They the Mets love to take on signed guys that they will then never be able to move themselves. Yeah, like Cano and Todd Frazier and whatever, but. That's that's been the frustrating thing with uh, the Mets this season, and you know Laz and I will obviously talk about it on Dirty Slides. But we went and we watched that Giants series. The Mets, the Mets. That's the only series the Mets have lost since the All Star break. Four game series. They lost three times and won once. And they should have won twice or two of them. Yeah, and but also they're just like infinitely more talented a team than the Giants who are like putting together a little run of their own for a while there and it's because the Mets are just mismanaged from a front office standpoint and a managerial standpoint and a coach but like the talent's there yeah the Mets have talent to compete sure like to contend for sure it now it's just don't fucking get rid of these guys and just stop being the Mets well the, the problem is all these teams do this it's the prospects, the future. Why not care about now? And, you know, obviously that probably by now is 2020, not this season. But I don't, but I don't get that. It's, it's almost the same argument that I was making with Laz about, you know, the Reds and Puig. It's, guys, you have a fun player. Enough of this prospect bullshit. Pay these guys. Keep them around. And, and the Mets not... Dealing Syndergaard is important, or like because he is a prospect. Yeah, other people are trying to get him from the Mets because they think he's going to become an elite pitcher. Sure, because he's shown at times he is. Yeah, and because he's 26 years old. So the idea of the Mets trading essentially a big time prospect for you know smaller multiple 
pieces is just dumb to me because you don't contend with a bunch of little prospects. You try to get blue chippers from people. Yeah, I know. I, I, I if they if they deal him, man. Everything I've read, I read a bunch of articles yesterday on it. Every single person is saying, okay, you now you have another great pitcher. You you cannot get rid of Syndergaard. Yeah, and and hopefully that's what that means. But like the Mets. Getting Stroman and dealing Syndergaard would just be like classic Mets. Yeah. I want to bring up another team in your Mets division, the Phillies. There was uh, a long, I don't know if you want to call it editorial piece, on Bryce Harper and his deal. Was that Bleacher Report? Bleacher Report. And I know it's Bleacher Report. So my thing is, I always look at the source. Nothing against Bleacher Report, but it's no ringer or editorial sports columns that I might value a little more. But I still thought it was a pretty interesting piece. And obviously, he's in his first year. But the argument is basically saying a few things. He's hitting 20 points below his career batting average. Right. The Phillies are five and a half games back. Since he won his MVP, which was now f- four years ago, he's batted 256 the last three seasons. Right. The, the argument is basically kind of what we said, and they have anonymous quotes from executives, which I thought was interesting. As in one American League exec said, I see a good player in Harper, but not a great one. Where he stacks up the guys like Trout relative to that contract, there's an obvious disconnect. Yeah. So Which ba- is exactly what I said when Exactly. Signed, right? If uh, what I said was if Bryce Harper is getting three hundred and thirty million, Mike Trout gets all the money in the world. Yeah. In- infinite money. Sure. And another executive, here's another good quote, said, I would just never pay any player that much money. Well, maybe Trout, but I wonder if the Phillies are thinking, what what did we do? They made a big splash, got the fans excited, and now it's in the morning after, and they have to pay him. So basically, I don't think, like, it's kind of everything that we both said. Didn't I say, like, the the whole time it was the Mets, like, people were talking about the Mets trying to get Harper. I And I, not only did I say I didn't want the Mets to get Harper, the Mets fans, and I said this on Dirty Slides, and I think I said it on this show, Mets fans were worried not only were we not going to get Harper, but that he was going to go to a team in the NL East. Yeah. And my thing was, I hope he goes to a team in the NL East. Give, take some gross amount of money that you're going to spread out over the next 15 years and give it to somebody who's not going to help you that much. This is actually the kind of move I want a division rival to make. Sure. Love it. And the argument could the be... The kind of move I hate to see a division rival rake make is the Atlanta Braves bringing up guys when they're 20, seeing what they got, and signing them for fucking pennies on the dollar before they have pubes because they're like, hey, you never know how good you're really going to be. You're only hitting like 230. And the guy's like, uh And it's like, I'm hitting 230 because you brought me up at 14 to play in the big leagues. <laughs> and they're like, you should take the money, bro. And he's yeah. like, well, I do want my first car one day. And then they sign guys. Like, that. those are... The, the the way the Braves are handling it is scary, and what the Phillies are doing is like, that makes me so happy. Sure. And I can't think of a player who digressed that much after their MVP and then all of a sudden had a monster year. Again, we're talking four seasons of right. 
a downhill slide for Harper. How many guys have four or five bad years in a row? I, I, I don't want to say bad. Right. But as far as relatively compared to the MVP season, and then all of a sudden just have monster years. The Got, only, guys, you The only person... <laughs> is, that, is that like a fucking... What was that? I mean, well, first of all, it was, it was a ton of glass breaking. It sounded like maybe somebody's window broke or something like that, but it also sounded like... Uh, a glass breaking sound effect. Like it sounded like somebody jumped through a window on SNL. Yeah. Like, crash, bing, bang. It was like Bryce Harper just took a bat to a window. Yeah. He heard us talking about him. But Prano, I don't know. The only one I can think of, remember when David Ortiz went through like a big downhill, like swoon in his career? And then just fucking became Superman again? PDs. Yeah. PDs are crazy. Yeah. But like he's the only one off the top of my head where. I can remember, dude, this is going to be a bad contract for them. Yeah. Really bad. Was there any talk in Montreal as far as the, uh, God, the Expos, the Rays coming? Well, I got to say, I talked to a few people about it because you see a lot of Expos hats. You do. Montreal. The Expos are still a thing. That Montreal's hanging on to, and I gotta say, I like I, uh, being in Montreal only one time before in the winter when it was like minus forty and like you know there's snow drifts blowing through the streets. Yeah. You don't think of it as a town. Montreal should have baseball. You think they should? Yeah, they should because it's a beautiful town. It's beautiful in the summer, and it like. The whole world game thing, you know, the whole we're going to, the NFL is going to go to Europe and the NFL is going to go to blah, blah, blah. And basketball, we play these things in China every year and the the NFL is going to London. And you essentially have like a European city in the U.S. Why wouldn't you have baseball there? Now, would they, and they fucking love it apparently. Would they need to play in that old ass Olympic? No, yeah, that would be dumb. That's what I'm saying. Right. You'd want to play outside, right? Yeah, yeah, you should. Well, Joe, if they if they go up there. And people and I talked to a few people about it, because I saw a lot of Expos hats. And I said, like, oh, you heard, you know, you might be getting a half season. They're all like, oh, who would get a full season? You know, or whatever French weird accent there. I didn't master that while I was up there yet, but that's pretty <laughs> close. They'll have like baguettes at the game. Yeah. Well what what would they be selling at the the race. Well, describe that for me. I, I even saw a tweet. People wanted your take on that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't try any. But I know oh, what you it did. Is. I, but I know what it is. What is it? It's French fries with gravy. And then, like, I actually went to a couple spots that offered ver- varieties of poutine. So it's like uh, French fries and gravy. And then one of them, like, had truffles. One of them had cheese. And one yeah. of them had this. One of them. They, one place had, like, 10 different poutines. One of them had barbecue pork, but basically the base is like fr- French fries and gravy. And then they put all kinds of shit on top of it. Yeah. I didn't try it. Gotcha. Well, if the Rays move up there, I know a ticket app that will have those games available. The to best buy. ticket app in all of North America. That's right. SeatGeek is not just available here in the States, guys. No. If you're a Canadian dirtball, you want to use our promo code. In fact, use Canadian dollars. 
I don't want to say this for sure, but I think the Canadian promo code is still twenty dollars. Wow. I don't want to say that for sure. Yeah. So don't hold me to that. But I have seen screenshots. Or like Sixteen American dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's something. Yeah. Whatever it is. Dirtballs, download the SeatGeek app if you haven't already. It's a great app, and it's the only app that Joe and I use when going to sports events, comedy shows, concerts, any live entertainment, you name it. SeatGeek is so great. They've received over 50,000 five-star reviews. We're going to be using SeatGeek as we head in just a couple weeks to see the... Texas Rangers, and Houston Astros down in Texas. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off on your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Okay, Joe. I have, I I, I just got to, a text from a friend of the show about uh, a potentially uh, dirty sports exclusive story, but I'm waiting for confirmation that uh, we can bring this up on the show. Ooh! And uh, breaking news, and that it's okay to bring it up on the show, and whether or not I should credit the person who uh, who is is sharing this intel. Is this with us. Giants, because I was about to bring up the no, Giants. it's not Giants related. Okay, it's golf related. Oh, okay. So it would be great to have Tug Coker here at Tug was mentioned, uh, but we'll see. Maybe if if this ends up getting pushed to another episode, maybe we can have Tug uh, to join us to discuss. I believe it's Tiger Woods related. He's been busted for PEDs. He he got busted for PEDs. This is a hunch I have. Wow, this is a hunch. I have not seen your phone. No, so I'm wrong. It's close. It's it's, it's a that's a great guess, but I'm gonna wait to. Get confirmation. I don't want to sell anybody. Tiger, who who had a great Masters one, then proceeded to miss the next couple cuts. Yeah. He's back, baby. He is back. Uh, no, his back. His back. He missed because his back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been having some back issues myself, by the way. I emailed my, uh, my TMS guy. What do you have to say? He's out of town. He said, I want you to journal every single night and tell me what's going on in your head. And then if you still have issues, come in and see me. Love it. You might have some issues with your back once you start reading into what's going on with the Giants because that might might cause a little... Bits, bits and pieces have been coming in across my, uh, my Twitter feed while I was in Montreal. So, so, so here's what's happened since you left. I mean, well... Yeah, for, as far as the Giants wide receiving, that's what goes, I want to get to. Obviously, Odell Beckham was traded. So Beckham's traded. So we traded. We traded a top five NFL wide receiver in the offseason. Um, Sterling Shepard breaks his thumb. Yeah, out six to eight weeks, I believe. Which is, you know, not the worst thing ever happened. Yeah, you know, we're we're basically what we're five weeks away from the start of the season. Yeah. So if he's out six weeks, he could potentially be back, you know, week three or something like that. Or Coleman, what's his first name? Anthony? No. Uh, I know who you're talking about. You're number three. Yeah. Shreds his knee. ACL. Yep. Dunzo for the season. Right. Your new go to. Corey Coleman. Corey Coleman, that's it. Your new go to receiver, Golden Tate, four game suspension. PDs. Now Tate claims if you, if you've seen what he claimed, 
I, do, I didn't see what he claimed. I knew he was going to uh, appeal it. And uh, let me read here's this. Here's the thing. There, not a lot of appeals uh, have ever been successful. Yep. He claimed it was a substance he was taking to help get his wife pregnant. Let me just read his statement, which he tweeted out this weekend. This past April during the offseason, my wife and I decided to see a specialist for fertility planning. I started the treatment prescribed to me and just days later discovered it contained an ingredient that is in the league's banned substance list. I immediately discontinued use. I reported the situation to the independent administrator of the NFL policy on performance-enhancing substances, and I spoke with my coaches and general manager. I did all of this well before a failed test was even conformed or confirmed. So, and he goes on, blah, 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 blah. Here's where we're at. Yeah. So you, you literally. So he's going to get suspended. He's going to get suspended four games, most likely. Which is, the, that's, that's basically what Sean Merriman told us about his suspension. That these guys take things, that the list of things that they're not allowed to take is like crazy long. That it doesn't mean that they took, you know, performance enhancing drugs. It doesn't mean that they sought out, you know, an edge. Um, but it is what it is. Sean also said to us that if he could do all the things over, he would never trust a trainer again. He would only trust the team doctors because they're the ones that are given the things, only things that they can give to players without yeah. them getting in trouble. And, um, you know. Oh, shit. Let me turn this off. Sorry. Little John Deere mower. I forget when you cast it, it will play the TV sound. But I want to pull up this list as a Giants guy. This is for you. Ten possible receivers who you guys should sign. Let's just go through them quickly. Okay. You're, you're going to give me a yay or nay. A yay or nay. I mean, let, let's start with uh, a yay or nay whether or not we should sign them for basically nothing. Yeah. Right? Like, okay. Because so, I, I don't know what any of these guys are demanding if there's a reason they're not signed or whatever. This but. is a CBS list. They recommended these 10 guys for the Giants to sign. Number one, they have Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, no. Number two, Des Bryant. Uh, I don't hate it because uh, Des, I, I feel like Des Bryant could come in and be for the New York Giants what Plaxico Burris was. Yeah. Uh, Eli, I like this move. Eli personally. Manning has always been a guy. Like, he's always been a guy who's like, I'll throw the ball up to a big guy. Um, the question is, can Des Bryant go get it anymore? And also, the problem with Des Bryant is Des Bryant – Wanting the ball. Like, I want fucking 90 touches. But don't you think he's been humbled at this point? I don't know. You would think so. I'm going to say no on Des Bryant, although I don't hate it. Okay. I like the Des Bryant one. Next up, we have Michael Crabtree. Give me him. You like him? Yeah. Give me give me Michael Crabtree. Okay. You know... Uh, By the way, everyone on this list so far is just a free agent right. who no one signed. Crabtree, not great in Oakland. Uh, not great in Baltimore last year. But... Who is throwing him the ball in Baltimore? Like last year, they 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 started running the fucking wishbone at the end of the year. <laughs> um, he was he, he was a wishbone. He was good in Oakland a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was. Um, before they hit you know rock bottom. 
Uh, good receiver, runs good routes. He's old. He's old, but like again, I, everybody wants to fucking trash Eli Manning all the time. Like he doesn't need you to be elite. He needs you to fucking be smart and be a veteran and run routes. Give me him. Okay, Pierre Garcon. How old is Pierre Garcon? Uh, in French years he, so, or in American years? Yeah. So reading here, injuries limited to eight games only each of the past two seasons, and he fell behind less. I like Garcon. He's another guy who runs great routes, but like I think that's a no on uh, from a health standpoint. Yeah. Jordy Nelson. I, give me Jordy Nelson. Yeah, give me Jordy Nelson. Torrey Smith. Troy Smith hasn't been good in a while. Uh, yeah, he, I agree. He, I think he's a I think he's a poor version of Des Bryant at this point in terms of you're just going to bring him in to go long to be that guy. Yeah, and I just don't. He just hasn't been doing it. At least Des Bryant is maybe like had a year off and is maybe hungry and humbled. I don't know. Now these other guys are currently on teams, right? Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, I wouldn't hate that. John Ross. I do not. He's just a bust for the Bengals. Yeah. He had seven touchdowns last year. Yeah, but they basically drafted him on speed. Right. John John Ross is more known for playing in Snoop Dogg's Pop Warner League in Long Beach as a child right. than he is. The, the The issue with the younger guys is they come in and then we have you know we have that running the wrong route issue and all. Like, give me an older veteran yeah. guy who still has the ability to run the routes. I agree. Devontae Parker, like he'd be a nice piece but like again these guys are on other teams i don't know if the giants need to be trading yeah guys to get i'll them. be honest of all these guys i like i like uh des des man give me crabtree and jordan nelson let's go yeah you need, i mean you need to sign somebody yeah did you see what happened to aj green I didn't see what happened, but classic I, I, Bengals. I, I saw, I saw the headline. And, and you know what? Is there a video of the incident? Yeah, and for anybody who is still holding on, this is, this is why I left the Bengals. So anybody who wants to trash me, Andy Lazarus, this is why I left the franchise. These type of moves, they had, a, they had a practice at Dayton, at University of Dayton's Welcome Stadium. Dayton. I was hoping you would do that, which, by the way, is where I lost my last high school football game to Huber Heights, Wayne. You know, I've heard uh, uh, something recently about the University of Dayton, the Flyers. Yes. Uh, super hot chicks there. Really? Yeah. I met a girl recently, hottest girl I've ever met, University of Dayton. Okay. I was like, man, I should have gone to Dayton. Yeah. I, th I think I know her. Yeah. Spent some, spent some time with her in San Francisco. Yeah. I was like, damn, fuck Lehigh. I'm sending my kids to Dayton. <laughs> You're going to be Dayton and Dayton. I told you, I almost You're went there. Dayton hot chicks and Dayton. It was number two on my list Yeah, behind St. Louis U. So anyway, the field was complete dog shit. Like the players were concerned and uh, classic Bengals move. They don't care. And he uh, he suffered an ankle injury. Yeah, some torn ligaments in his ankle. Torn ligaments. He's out six to eight weeks. I, w what I love is the, the quotes from the Bengals wide receivers. It's somewhere we shouldn't have been. There were rocks and pebbles out there. I was falling all over the place. 
The turf was old. No one got good traction out of our brakes. A lot of guys, not a lot of guys, not just me, were on the ground doing their brakes. And here the Bengals are, like putting their star wide receiver out there for this. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It, but this is my point. This is a classic bumbled Cincinnati and, and like, Bengals but like, move. But why are they even there? This is just like, oh, let's. Because they were practicing, it was part of the NFL's 100th anniversary celebration to get teams out to fields that, that were put laid 100 years ago. I don't know that normally they don't play at. Yeah. I I feel bad for AJ Green. Yeah, you should. He's been on the Bengals his whole career. You know, and he's been suffering injuries the last few seasons. He's stuck with Andy Dalton. You know, I mean, we've said this a few years ago. Just free the guy. Yeah. Free A.J. Green. Send him to New York. Yeah. Oh, God. We'd love him. Send him to New York. Because six to eight weeks Send, means... Or let him do an Andy Ruther. Come to the Rams. Oh, yeah. Rams would be oh, yeah. stoked. Oh, yeah. Dude. Because the Bengals are going to be bad this year. Should we, should we make the free A.J. Green shirts this year? What are those going to look like? Oh, Jay Lloyd did a great design for them last year. It was like A.J. Green in handcuffs. In like a fucking tiger, like a orange tiger jumpsuit. Free AJ Green. Yeah. I mean, you talk about a guy who has just had his entire career ruined. It's yeah. it's, it's 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 not on the level, but it's mini it's mini Calvin Johnson. Yeah, no, it's very, very similar to Calvin Johnson. He right? Should, he should just retire. Yeah. Free yourself. This is his last year of his contract. Yeah. Free yourself, young man. Yeah, get the fuck out of there, man. You think you think you'd have an interest in going to Baltimore? Probably not, right? Yeah, Pro- got, uh, or, or maybe maybe he hates the Bengals that much he wants to go to the rival. I've heard some bad things about Baltimore lately. Did, did you see this? Did you have time to see this while you were? I didn't. You were just trying to tell me about this. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I don't I don't like to get too into our president's tweets because it's played out as we both agree right but uh our president was tweeting some not so nice things about baltimore over the weekend causing a shitstorm. this was directed at representative elijah cummings and he tweeted representative elijah cummings has been a brutal bully shouting and screaming at the great men and women of border patrol about conditions at the southern border when actually his baltimore district is far worse and more dangerous his district is considered the worst in the U.S. As proven last week during a congressional tour, the border is clean, efficient, and well-run, very crowded. Cummings District, now this is what really stoked the fire of people. He said, Cummings District is a disgusted, rat, and rodent-infested mess. If he spent more time in Baltimore, maybe he could help clean up this very dangerous and filthy place. And that is what our president tweeted out. And the reason I'm bringing that up... Uh, I had to reach out to Ray Lewis. Oh, man. Getting, yeah. Getting some, you want to raise take on that? Well, you know, Ray Lewis, at this point, when I think Baltimore, I think Ray Lewis. Do you? Yeah, I absolutely do. Like, what else? What else? You know, he's got his own statue. Crabs. Crab cakes. Crabs, the sexual transmitted disease. Crabs, the, the food item. Yeah. Uh, Ray Lewis. The Wire. Cal Ripken Jr. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Dillon Mata, Dame Dash. Edgar Allan Poe? Sure. Wasn't he from Baltimore? Isn't that why they're called the Ravens? Yeah. I think so. He might be right there. 
But most of them, like usually I think Ray Lewis. Yeah. I hate to say, I think Ray Lewis, I'm just being honest. I think Ray Lewis more than Kyropkin Jr. Wow. And I and I don't know if that's because he's got the statue and he's more in your face. You know, Kyle Ripken's not dancing in the streets with fire behind him, pyro, right. pyrotechnics. Also, Kyle Ripken never murdered anybody, so his his career <laughs> m- more of a quiet under the radar thing. Yeah, he he wasn't connected to two murders, allegedly. Uh, you know, a lot of people like have made like Kyle Ripken Jr. as an asshole claims. He didn't stab anybody to death. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. I will say this about Kyle Ripken Jr. He could have murdered people and he still would have been on the field the next day. Kyle Ripken Jr., the only thing whiter than the suit Ray Lewis was wearing when he allegedly stabbed two people <laughs> to death. <laughs> he is a very white white guy. Yeah. Well, I did reach out to Ray. Because, again, he is a man who has staked his claim on the city of Baltimore. He was very open when there were riots a few years ago. And Ray, you know, he said he wanted to call into Dirty Sports and basically share his thoughts on what Donald Trump deemed a rat-infested cesspool and a shithole of a city. Let me see here on the on the uh, monitor. Ray, Ray. Ray Lewis, are you there? Yes. Now, Ray, President Trump just came out of nowhere with tweets about a city that you have called your own. You have a statue. You won two Super Bowls. When you saw the president's tweets, also someone you met with when he became president, you met with him. You have, you know, I don't want to say an been an ally but you have been somewhat of a supporter of president trump were yes you, were you bothered by his tweets no <laughs> no andy rutha the city of baltimore is a great place the city of baltimore is the greatest city in all of maryland in all the mid-atlantic region there's no city greater than baltimore a place i've called my home a place that has brought me in with open arms I was down in Miami, Florida in college. I was in Cleveland, Ohio after that. But nowhere, nowhere has accepted Ray Lewis, the man that I am, the man that I've become, like Baltimore and Baltimore County. But I have to say, I'm friends with Donald Trump. I'm a supporter of Donald Trump. And I agree with Donald Trump. Baltimore, while being a great city, is also infested with rats and rodents. And that is why, together, in 2020, I am going to take over for Mike Pence as a vice president of the United States of America. And me and Donald Trump are going to make Baltimore great again. Wow. This is a bombshell revelation, right? Ray, I, I, not only am I shocked that you aren't angry. He already made America great. He closed off the borders from those dirty, filthy Mexicans who have been trying to infest this country and work without paying taxes. I, Ray Lewis, I always pay my taxes. My accountant knows that. The IRS knows that. The FBI who investigated me when I allegedly murdered two people knows that. I'm a man who believes in taxes. I'm a man who believes in America. 
And I believe that Donald Trump has made America great again. Now let's start focusing on specific parts of America. And instead of working on a whole, work on the specifics. Let's make Baltimore great again. Mabaga. Mabaga. I'm for Mabaga. <laughs> yes. Now, Ray, I do want to bring something up, which it just kind of hit me when you were explaining your thoughts. Some people call snitches rats. You yourself got out of a prison sentence by basically snitching being a rat on your boys. Are you a rat that is currently infested in Baltimore? I believe that my friend, my colleague, my running mate, Donald Trump, he's talking about actual rodents. So I don't want to get into who he said, she said, allegedly, murder, investigation, discussion. This is not about me. This is not about snitches. This is about Baltimore. And we need to make it. We need to make Baltimore great again. And I'm here to do it. And I've, I've sat with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has taken a lot of heat for being a former reality star. Well, let me tell you something. I... And making Donald Trump a reality star again. Because I am dancing with the stars. I am teaching Donald Trump to dance. He's going to come out and he's going to mugga mugga. This is me sweeping the rodents. From Baltimore, sweeping the rodents from Baltimore County, and then, Mabaga! oh my God, Ray, I have tears in my eyes because you know that together, me and the Trump, we're gonna make Baltimore great again, and that just makes you so happy. I can see it in your face, Andy Ruther. You're gonna come down there. You're gonna go to the back bay. You're gonna eat some crab cakes. You're going to watch some Orioles baseball at Camden Yards. You're going to come across the street, watch some Ravens football. Because we're going to make Baltimore great again. Or at least as great as it once was, which wasn't that great. But we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make Baltimore mediocre again. Always a pleasure, Ray. Thank you. We're going to make Baltimore slightly above average again. Ray Lewis, everybody. Woo! Man. Wow. Ray was... Boys turned up. I didn't think it was possible, Joe, to have a more ridiculous slogan than MAGA, Make America Great Again. Yeah, but make Baltimore slightly above average again is pretty strong. <laughs> yeah. Man. I, was, I mean, that that threw me for a, win, a, a ringer, man. Yeah, you, I think... I think you know, I was expecting you're, you're very you're uh, very apolitical. You don't usually come too strong with your political opinions, sort of one way or the other. I think you thought we're gonna get Ray Lewis on to trash Donald Trump, and man, he went he went fucking he went Mike Mussina in his peak Orioles days with a severe curveball, complete curveball, threw me off. Not expecting Ray to. Not only throw his endorsement behind Trump, claim that he is basically going to take over and be the vice presidential candidate. That's interesting. 
That's for sure. That's a fun one. Yeah. It's good for entertainment value. Yeah. I noticed the stash is uh, needing to shave there, Joe Prano. Yeah, stash needs to be cleaned up. I mean, I think... I don't think the stash needs to shave, but I agree with you. I think I think what you mean to say is I need to clean up around the stash. That's nothing, what I meant. Nothing makes the stash pop like a smooth face around it. That's right. That's and, what I meant to say. And I have a couple of days removed from my last show in Montreal. But I'll tell you what, I got to thank. I don't know what that piece of paper is there for, but I randomly want to thank the people at Harry's Razors for uh, the great shave that I got throughout my trip. My three weeks of performing on the road because when I take this off with that five blade German engineering, it really makes the stash pop. Anyway, what do you got there? Well, this is actually some amazing deals that we're going to have with our friends at Harry's. Great. In fact, I actually reached out. This is true. On Friday, more Harry's products will be sent our way this week. Great. So we're going to, I know you had told me, you're like, Ruther, I love Harry's. I love the shave cream. I love the blades. I love the body wash. Can we get some more products? So I reached out to our friends at Harry's. A new shipment will be arriving to the Smut Studio this week. And guys, if you want to look just as fresh as Joe in your own life, get you some Harry's razors. They're the most durable blades, and they come at a fair price, just $2 per blade this summer. Refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. It comes with the weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, that five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for a close shave, that rich lathering shave gel that will keep you smelling and looking great, and a travel blade cover, which I'm sure Joe used during his trip to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. Here's the most important part. Dirt balls. You can redeem your trial set at harrys.com forward slash dirty. So make sure you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Send me a screenshot. I got one last week from somebody using harrys.com forward slash dirty because I will send you some koozies. And a quick reminder on that. I know I said this last episode. I sent out a lot of koozies. Please leave your Twitter or Instagram handle in the iTunes review yes. if that's how you want the koozies because multiple people have left reviews which i love but you don't leave a twitter or instagram handle i have no way to reach you to send you those koozies okay joe i want to bring up this jeremy lynn story briefly yeah i saw this poor jeremy lynn do we have any sympathy for jeremy lynn the the headline reads jeremy a tearful jeremy lynn says free agency has him at rock bottom yeah i mean i think that's a bit much can I say what he said real quick? Yeah. So he's on some tour in Taiwan. He's a religious dude. Yes. So he's on some like Christian Jesus tour. Some Jesus Christian tour. And during the event, he said, once you've hit rock bottom, the only way is up. Rock bottom seems to just be getting more and more bottom for me. Okay. So free agency has been tough because I feel like in some ways the NBA has kind of given up on me. Now, this is my take. I don't want to be a dick, but I just want to be realistic. My take is this with Jeremy Lin. He's not on a team. He's played in the league since, let's see here. How long has Jeremy played in the league? Probably about 2010, 2011. Yeah, you're right. 
2010-2011 was his first year with the Golden State Warriors. Jeremy Lin, since then, has played for the Warriors, Knicks, Rockets, Lakers, Hornets, Nets, Hawks, Raptors. He's been a journeyman. He's had a decent career as a journeyman. He's made almost 60... Actually, he's made $68.5 million. So he's made $68.5 million playing in the NBA for this many years. Not easy to do. Yeah. At his height was Lin Sanity. When the Knicks were winning games, he was the basically the guy who everybody loved. Like, not just in New York. Lin Sanity overtook the entire NBA world. Yeah. The whole the world. The world. Yeah. Not just America, the world. So he he's achieved a status that very few, even NBA players, will achieve. Even in that Lin Sanity run. So I don't feel sympathy for him. And I don't again, I don't want to be sound like an asshole. I, I certainly look, do I, I do feel a little sympathy for Jeremy Lamb, but I don't feel uh, like I do I am offended by rock bottom. I first of all, I think that's uh a little bit of him doing the Jesus tour thing where like you're talking to people and they're looking to you for inspiration. So you've gotta like create this story that like you have struggles too, so that they feel like, you know, whatever they're you know they're, they feel inspired by you but the bottom line is i've never played in the nba i've never even like no one's even thought about me playing in the nba you've never played in the nba give me jeremy lynn's career earnings take the 20 percent out for agents managers and lawyers take another 50 percent out for the irs and give me the rest and i'm happy for the rest of my life yeah the rest of my life He's made $68 million in the NBA. Lynn Sanity. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he, without Mike D'Antoni and Lynn Sanity, he's probably out of the league in 2012. Yeah. And never got, gets a shot. Yeah. Uh, he had, he has an incredible story. Um, do I think that that, that Lynn Sanity proved that he could play in the NBA in the right situation. Yeah, it obviously did. Sure. Right? And uh, he didn't ever have that situation again because he was passed around the league to coaches that were not Mike D'Antoni or coaches that did not know how to use his skill set. And um, then he got, you know, then he was no longer young and, you know, all, all the things that made kind of Linsanity possible. But the bottom line is, this is the same thing as I said about Chris Davis when he's hitting 098. Like, you're a hundred millionaire. Like, you're a 60 millionaire. You, your life is easy to anybody else in the world. And it is kind of offensive to people that have real struggles in life, where they're going to sleep, where they're going to live, what they're going to eat, how, you know, how they're going to fill their car with gas to say that you're at rock bottom. Give me Jeremy Lin's money. Give me whatever is in Jeremy Lin's bank account right now. And tell me, I just, I just got to keep living my regular life as I lived it. But I have Jeremy Lin's bank account in my, in my bank. And every time I go out, every time I leave the house, one person while I'm out is going to spit in my face. I'll be like, yeah, I'll take it. Yes. I'm in. How do I sign up for this? One person's going to spit in my face every time I leave the house, but I have $40 million in the bank. Yes, I'll take it. Yeah. You can buy a lot of fucking wet wipes, and you can, and also- Costco, you get them cheap. Yeah, and also, you can hire a small man 
to follow you around and wipe your face down every time somebody spits in it for $40 million. Get it together, Jeremy Lin. I, I think he missed the point and was, you know, I think what he should have said in his quote is, I was on top of the basketball world for a few weeks and now nobody even wants to sign me. It's rock bottom for my basketball career. That's right. that's what he should have said. And I'm sure some of these quotes are taken out of context yeah. and whatever. But yeah. And and again the Jesus thing. He's talking to people who are looking for him for inspiration. Oh, I've also been at rock bottom. Rock bottom was when you were sleeping on, you know, Landry Fields couch hoping to make it in the NBA on a ten day contract. Yeah. Like, that's rock bottom for an NBA player. And let's not forget he just got a championship ring. Now granted he really didn't contribute to that ring. Dude, you were still on the team. And you do contribute when you're on the team. Like practice. You, yeah, that's yeah. that's a, a part of True. The, you know, the the a basketball team is like those guys need somebody to practice against and he's Scout. part of that and yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. You're you know, he's certainly a more a part of that team than the guy who hands people towels who also got a ring. Sure. Um yeah, you're in the league, you got a bunch of money. You have multiple. There's multiple documentaries about Linsanity. Multiple. It's. We recently was it me and you or me and Tug? I can't remember. We're saying. I don't know if there's a thirty for thirty. There needs to be. It was one of the coolest times. In sports. Yeah. You. Had I this, remember exactly where I was when he scored thirty against the Lakers. I was at Rick's on Main Street. Losing my mind. I remember exactly where I was when he hit the game winner against Toronto, like. Lin Sanity was nuts. and It's a part of NBA history. Yeah. And he also became... And he's rich. Yeah. And he can be a motivational speaker for the rest of his life. Yeah. Micah Ruzioni, who scored the fucking goal, or the captain, or was the captain of the 80s Lake Placid hockey team, he's been talking about being on the team that beat Russia for 40 years. Wow. Jeremy Lin, way bigger story. And not to mention, Jeremy Lin's Asian. Yeah. The amount of Asian, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm being realistic. The amount of countries he can go speak to where there's billions of people. I mean, Jeremy Lin sh should take comfort in this. He did wonders for the Asian market and the NBA. The Asian market is one of my favorite places to visit, by the way. All, all kinds of, like, spices that you can get there. And <laughs> but I'm noodles, serious, though. You sauces. Yeah, you, you're like, fuck your, fu I, I, fuck your point, Ruther. I, got, I bought a mogwai there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need, a mogwai. I man. stumbled into a back, a, back, a back closet area, and there was a bearded man who sold me a mogwai. The Asian market's up on Sautel. That's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just Szechuan chilies and magwais. Yeah, right next to Mama-san. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it sounds like neither of us really have uh, sympathy. I mean, I have sympathy for him. He's obviously struggling right now, and he, does, he doesn't feel happy about it. And look happiness is the path, not the destination. You know what I mean? Like if Jeremy Lin's not happy, I like Jeremy Lin. He's a good guy. He's got a, I, I hope that he finds happiness, but 
the same way I could fix Chris Davis's life over a couple beers, I'll fix uh, Jeremy Lin's life over a couple sake bombs. Let's hang out, sit down, and talk about this. Dude, you're rich. You're beloved. You're historic. Fucking yeah. chill, bro. Yeah. Take him to that all-you-can-eat sushi yeah. on Lincoln. When are yeah. we going there, by the way? Let's go. Let's go this week. I'm down. I can't wait to go. Let's go. Still go never tomorrow been. night. I got my show. Okay. I got a show Wednesday, but it's at 10 in Santa Monica. Let's go before my show on Wednesday. Where are you at? Westside Comedy Theater for Comedy Juice. Nice. Westside Comedy Juice. They moved it, I saw. Yeah. Which is great for me. Yeah. It's now on the west side. Yeah. Love it. That is great. We'll wrap it up with this story, which I thought was I thought was interesting. You know how ESPN has basically said no more political stuff? Yeah. And then... Dan Lebatard had issues with that last week uh, over some Trump comments, blah blah blah. But obviously, our show we don't we don't have restrictions. We can say whatever we right. want. But but I thought this was kind of interesting. A newly released polling data that ESPN did yep. shows all their fans, not just on the right, not just on the left, they want politics out of their sports. Okay, which, which I just think is interesting. So. Of this data, which was received by Sports Business Journal's John Orend, he says 85%, this is what, again, ESPN did on their own, 85% of avid sports fans want don't want politics on ESPN, and 74% of fans prefer zero politics on any platform. And from that data, nearly 70% of Democrats said they want ESPN to stick to sports. And 84% of Republicans... So basically, I was shocked by this. So basically, what this data is saying, and again, this is just for ESPN, is that both sides of the political spectrum don't want it. And a lot of the quotes which I read from this were basically, which I understand, people saying, dude, I watch sports to get away from that shit. You know, if I want to get my political stuff, I'll go to the CNNs or the MSNBC or the Fox News or whatever. When I put on ESPN, I'm just here to watch the game. Like, does this surprise you? It surprised me. Um, it doesn't really surprise me at all. Uh, I just, I, I think when you're watching the game, it's one thing. Uh, when you're watching, you know, a a an opinion show, it's got to be something else. Like, I want to know where people who are giving me their opinions on things where their opinions stand on anything like the the easiest way for me to determine whether or not I value your opinion is having as many of your opinions as possible yeah like, does that make sense like it it's hard for me to trust people if I don't know where they're coming from so like and this goes for sports too the more of your sports opinions that you give me the more Likely I am to know whether or not you're somebody who I can listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Skip Bayless is 100% wrong on all of his opinions. I'll never fucking listen to Skip Bayless. Do you know what I mean? Shannon Sharp does a pretty good job most of the time. Like, I listen to Shannon Sharp's opinion. Are they all great takes? No. But, like, I feel like he's, like, at a good 60-40. I like Nick Wright. People hammer Nick Wright. I like Nick Wright because I agree with about 90% of what Nick Wright has to say from a sports perspective. Yeah. So, now I want to hear your opinion. Uh, so that 
to me, that goes for if some sort of political story uh, branches into sports, then I want to hear the people who's giving me their opinions on things, opinion on it. Now, when I'm watching the game, yeah, fine. Leave the politics out of it. And, and, and see, that's where somebody like a Bob Costas used to rub me the wrong way. When I'm watching Sunday Night Football, I believe, I don't remember who it was. I know the Eagles were playing. Actually, it was December. I remember this for some reason. I was in Las Vegas. It was December of 2012. He went on that big rant. I don't know if you remember this about gun control during halftime of the Sunday night football game. I know it was an Eagles game. I don't know who they were playing. And I remember just thinking, dude, there's a time and place for this shit. Right. This is halftime of a Sunday night football game. But here, here would be my response. If if this is the majority of people, this is 85% of Republicans and 74% of Democrats, and, and the study's there. People don't want politics. Fine. Let's remove it. I'm not standing at a game because there's a guy from the military there. I don't want the flag on the field stretched out across the entire football field with a paid-for military flyover. I don't want camouflage jerseys for the entire month of whatever is the month after breast cancer month. I don't want fucking people telling me, like, if we're going to do it and we're going to say, when we watch sports, no more sports, I don't want the fucking tale that this guy's father was a vet and this guy's came back and this Pittsburgh Steeler is yeah. a fucking National Guardsman and this guy voted for, and this, fine. If all of you all agree that you want it out, then let's take it all out. I don't want to hear the National Anthem played. I don't want to see the flag. Don't make me stand. This isn't about America. This is about football. A lot of these guys are from different countries. A lot of guys in baseball are certainly from different countries. And basketball are from different countries. The NBA MVP is Greek. Why are we only saluting the United States flag? The NBA champions are Canadian. Why are we only saluting the United States flag? You want to get politics out of sports? Get it out. I think that's a fair point. No fucking stop. Stop pretending that you're not talking politics while also talking politics. Stop going. We're Republicans. We want politics out of sports, but we're only selling advertising to Budweiser. Who's like dragging uh, like a veteran with Clydesdales through a field of flowers that look like the American flag. Like, what? Yeah. Just do it. The Nike thing about how this guy got his legs blown off in Iraq, but he can still be a fucking marathoner. Leave it all out then. Yeah, and that and that is a good point. It's also the problem of all these people who say they want it out. They just, the- they just want the opinion about politics they don't like out. But, and they're also the ones that are together on both sides soaking up the ESPN story right. of the dad who surprised his kids at the Pirates game. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, it's so nice. It's so sweet. And I've said it a million times before. If you're randomly on the field pregame and your dad's at war, spoiler, your dad's the catcher. Like, was this that hard to see coming? (laughs) They just picked you randomly out of the crowd to throw the first pitch, you (laughs) nine-year-old. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see where, where it goes. It's but, not coming out of this show because we're opinion people. Yeah. I've given you my opinion on everything. 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 From politics to music to sports to movies to relationships. That's yeah. the thing. And you're getting it because you know whether or not you like us because we don't we never hold back our opinion on something. And to be honest, you know, Joe and I always say if somebody stops listening to us because of our opinion on one subject, then we don't really give a shit. Because there's plenty of people that I still listen to, whether it's sports or politics or whatever, on a podcast or TV show, I might not agree with their point. It doesn't mean I'm gonna completely stop listening to them. That's a very narrow-minded viewpoint to have. Oh, I don't agree with your take on Kaepernick. So, so you're going to stop listening because of one take? Right. It's a very sophomoric and like immature way to look at life. So fuck you then. And and the you know the the Kaepernick thing goes like um, uh, you know you bring it up. It's like people want the politics out of sports, but. They, they, they don't want Colin Kaepernick to get covered, right on the sideline. They don't want to know about Colin Kaepernick's antics, and they don't want to know about that. But they do want him out of the game because of his politics. Yeah. So like, you have to pick a lane. I am a hundred percent on. I don't care what Colin Kaepernick does on the sideline before the game. You apparently, eighty-five percent of people don't care. Eighty-five percent of people don't want to hear about it. 85% of people don't want to talk about it. 85% of people don't want it covered. Great. So what are we talking about here? Let Colin Kaepernick be in the NFL and do whatever the fuck he wants on the sidelines. Well, and also, sports and politics have always been connected forever. I mean, guys, let's not forget, Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier Muhammad I, Ali. Yeah. I, fucking I, Jim Brown. I believe fucking, Jackie... I believe, I believe Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier for the Brooklyn Dodgers 15 years before we actually had it written into law in this country. So my point is, this shit has always been connected. And all those guys that you just named are just, they're there just as well. That's my point of like, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a line where, like I said, I get it during the games, but... It's also something that you're never going to be able to avoid. Yeah. Just plain and simple. You're never going to be able to avoid it. It's only uh, like, you know, I, I just wish that the 85% of people that said that they don't want like them, then mean it. They mean it. The, I don't want politics to have anything to do with my sports. Great. So if this guy does some shit on the sideline, you don't like, you don't care because you're not paying attention. You're here for the game. You're just focused on the game. But not even not That's even just game. politics, Joe. To me, to me, the stand up to the cancer, that's like a political thing in a way. Sure. So when the when Major League Baseball does, we're gonna stand up to cancer in the middle well, of the All Star. No, but like no one's for cancer, right? So we're gonna do something and the whole goal is to cancer awareness and raise money for cancer. No one's like, hey man, I'm actually from the fucking pro cancer council and like this kind of goes against my like I'm fine with that because it's like, it's a hundred percent. Everybody's anti-cancer, right? Yeah. Except for like cigarette companies, I guess. I don't know, but everybody else is like anti-cancer. But my point is, we can never just like the idea of sticking just to the game. 
Well, that's dumb to say. These people these people have a huge platform and we should use it for good. No, no, I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. Yeah. What I'm saying is it's difficult to stick just to the game. Yeah. In all facets. That's all I'm saying. All right, guys, if you have any calls, let us know. 310-359-8365. That is the hotline. We don't have any new calls today, but if you want to share your thoughts or opinions, Joe, are you going to be back with me for a minute? Or are you going to keep I, leaving me? I am. I have no plans on traveling at the moment until the first weekend of September when I'll be in La Jolla with Eddie Ift. And even that, I, I don't think I'll miss the show. So uh, for the foreseeable future, I'll be here on the smut couch making Savage Town great again. Muskega. <laughs> Muskega. We, we need it. Muskega. We need it. Maybe you can help me with this scooter epidemic. I'm pro scooter. Oh, bro. We're gonna le- we're gonna leave scooter leave scooters out of dirty sports. I am so anti scooter. I'm doing my research on it. It's a cesspool. It's disgusting. It's a cesspool though because there's like again we, people just get on the same page. Like the I can say on- honestly. That the people who are anti-scooters do not help the problem because it's always like, I'm going to kick this fucking thing over. I'm going to fucking throw it in the garbage can. I'm going to throw it in the ocean. These things are a fucking menace. So I'm going to toss them in the people's way? No, no, no. I'm not for littering into the ocean. I'm not for pollution. I'm, I've never been a condoner of that. But the problem is... Like outside your place, you have spray-painted fucking rectangles now and they line them up in there yeah the companies do but not by the end of the day bro come on it's a disaster yeah it's a disaster where you and i live because there is i know i can point out the guy too who spends his days walking around venice kicking over lines of scooters and i'm like dude what's your deal it's fuck these scooters i'm like yeah but you're actually making it way worse not if you throw them in the garbage can. <laughs> now the garbage can's full of scooters. So then you go to put your garbage in. And you can't put your garbage. And so that garbage goes on the side. Then the wind blows your garbage. Just leave the fucking scooters lined up in their fucking designated zones. Who gives a shit? I'm all for them being lined up in their designated zones. But the problem with the scooters is the purpose of the scooters, at least that these tech companies, this is all created by fucking rich little billionaire, Uber people, you know, Ford, Lyft. These are all the people who are putting the scooters out. And L.A. has more than any other city in the country. Yeah. 30,000 scooters. And the majority of them are where you and I live. Yeah. Venice Beach, Santa Monica. The problem is the people using the scooters, and they, they already have the numbers on this, is not who should be helping the traffic. The, the local who lives here, who is going to show more respect. It's the tourist who doesn't give a shit, who leaves them not where they should be designated. That's that's my issue with it. But if you're a tourist and you live in and you're staying in Venice, right? Let's say you come to Venice and you decide you're going to stay uh, down by Venice Pier because that's where you know you're going to like hang out by the pier and there's Hananenberg and all that. And then you're going to go to uh, see our show at the hostel in Santa Monica on Tuesday night. 
it's good for the environment and it's good for traffic for that guy to get on a fucking bird scooter and ride down the boardwalk as opposed to get in an Uber, take the Uber there. Now, is the answer walk? Yeah, but people are lazy as fuck. So no one's walking. No one's riding their bike. bike. Ride a bike. This, this, This all goes to my plan of we're an obese nation. Now we have scooters. Put people on bikes. Got it all figured out, Joe. I'm I'm just saying. By the way, I want I want to give a shout out to uh, to Dirtball, to James who came to the came to the hostel show last week with his dad. Nice, nice. dude. He graduated high school. His dad gives him a trip to L.A. and San Diego. I said I said you know how I said you know how thankful you should be to your dad. What did you get for your high school graduation? I don't remember. I think I got a hundred bucks. Yeah, some dough. I think. Maybe. Yeah. A hundred bucks or something. I think my parents left town for a while and let me have a run of the joint. I think Walt told me to cut the grass. <laughs> Shout out to Walt who took his first selfie. That's hilarious. First ever. Shout out to my uh, manager, Randy Siegel, who taught herself how to take selfies this weekend and then was just going crazy. Selfie wild. Wait a second. Randy didn't know about selfies? She knew about them. But she's one of those people. She's she's got a little Andy Ruther in her, where she's like vehemently anti something until she, she figures out how to do it, and then she likes it, and then it's like her her thing. So she was on a selfie mission. Selfies with Blake Griffin. Selfies with Jeff Ross. Selfie here. Selfie there. Did I tell? I don't think I ever told you this. Did I tell you what I was saying after Andy Lazarus's back? Are you guys doing a backyard show this week? No. It's, okay. It's been pushed to August twenty uh, fourth, I believe. Okay. So, you know, I stayed late with a few people that night, and uh, your manager was there, and everybody got a kick out of this. The Dirt Balls will appreciate this. And we're, we're talking about the Dirt Balls and how crazy you guys are and how much you make us laugh, and uh, there's only like five of us. It's about 3 a.m. We're sitting mm-hmm. at Laz's place, and I say this. I go, yeah, I don't know. Joe and I have had this conversation. Why do we attract so many lunatics? To our show, like what what makes I said what makes what Joe and I do on Dirty Sports attract that type of fan, and everybody looks at me and you, Randy nobody says anything and then Randy she put it best she looks at me and she goes, dude, look at your hair, and that's when I had the Puerto Rican haircut. She goes, your haircut is like this is look how you this is a this is what you're attracting. You're th- you're almost thirty eight. You have a Puerto Rican haircut for you're July fourth. Couch like you're a, a, a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> sit like a puppy sitting up watching TV. An owner like rested its puppy against a pillow. Ah, like. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you back, Prano. Guys, that's Great the to show. Be back. Go follow Joe. And follow me. Follow us both. I, I've noticed that it's wild to see the people who don't follow. Follow him on Instagram. I just put up a 10-picture slideshow from uh, Just for Last. For all the people who are like, hey, man, I want to know what's going on up there. How was it? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I just put up a slideshow on there. Follow me on Instagram. Follow my uh, Facebook comedy page, Joe Prano Comedy. Uh, follow me on Twitter, at Fix Your Life. Um, yeah, and... Uh, that's it. And go and go to JoePrano.com for shows because I will be all around L.A. this week. Going to be in Huntington on Thursday, San Diego, uh, early September. And then I don't know what else. But, you know, 
go subscribe to all the shit. All right. At Andy Ruther for me. And uh, Texas, we're coming for you. Yeah, if you Amarillo. Got, it, guys, I need to get a list of people who we're are. going to have a Sarsaparilla and Amarillo. That's right. Whoever's going to the game, let me know so I can get those tickets set up uh, with Nick Yardley down for the Sob Poodles. Okay, guys, that's the show. Thank you for sticking around. We'll be back again later this week. Enjoy your day, and most importantly, stay dirty. <laughs>